Welcome to Beyond, conversations with artists, makers, explorers who have gone outside of the norm to create their own true world, to sing their own precious song. Each of us was born with a song inside, but most will die having never sung it. Imagine if, as a little child, instead of being asked, what will you do when you grow up? What will you be? Or what kind of job will you get when you grow up? If instead you are told, now is the time to listen. As you grow, listen for the sounds of your song. The song that comes from your blood, your bones, your people. Listen for the melody, the verses, the tune. And when you hear your song, sing it. Imagine that kind of world. That's the kind of world I'm devoted to building. I am your host, Daphne Cohn, the creator of multiple online programs, courses, and within a community for artists, makers, and writers dedicated to the courage and practice of singing their own song. I ask you, are you ready to sing your own song? Are you ready to go beyond? Before we begin, a few quick words about Illumin, the free sacred creativity hour that takes place every Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 a.m. LA, 9 to 10 a.m. New York, 2 to 3 p.m. London. It is a quiet space to gather together and make. You stay muted the whole time, and I open with a blessing to bring in the sacredness of the time, and then we create and then I close with a blessing. It's simple and yet somehow very profound and magical. So if you're interested, check it out at illuminhour.com. And now on with the solo cast. In the last solo cast, I talked about crafting a life that is yours, about what gets in the way and how to begin tracking our own life listening for the tune of our song in order to live our own life. I heard back from a lot of you. This episode seems to have touched something deep. And that makes sense to me because of course it doesn't just ring true for me. That of course it calls so strongly to so many of us, this desire to craft our own life, sing our own song. And even as I craft my own life, I can sense there's so much deeper to go that I'm only on the edges of what will someday be the center I believe this is our work, to constantly be looking to find our true, and then to live that and share that even as it evolves and changes. But the thing that I didn't talk about is the fear, how utterly terrifying this work can be. And that's what I want to speak to today. It's inspired, in fact, by an email from a listener, an email that really touched me, And in it, this person spoke to the fear, the fear that we all must face over and over again as we do the brave work of being true. So I want to start with something from Parker Palmer, who's a writer, activist, and teacher, in a book called Let Your Life Speak. This isn't speaking to the fear, but it's laying a little bit of the groundwork for what this looks like, this listening to the life and letting it speak. So Parker opened with a verse from a poem by Wallace Stevens. The poem is called Ask Me. Actually, he opened with the whole poem, but I'm going to share just a verse of it. The verse is, Sometime, when the river is ice, ask me mistakes I have made. 
Ask me whether what I have done is my life. Parker then goes on to say, these words remind me of moments when it is clear if I have eyes to see that the life I am living is not the same as the life that wants to live in me. In the spirit of the poet, I wonder, what am I meant to do? Who am I meant to be? Parker was 35 at the time and was living a good life, checking off all the boxes, and yet there was this unrest, this knowing that it is indeed possible to live a life other than one's own. So Parker began to try to listen for his own song by creating the song. So he chose the values that he wanted to live by and began living by them. He established certain truths for himself and then began to follow them. But through much effort, he learned, in his own words, before you tell your life what you intend to do with it, listen for what it intends to do with you. Before you tell your life what truths and values you have decided to live up to, let your life tell you what truths you embody what values you represent. I must listen to my life and try to understand what it is truly about, quite apart from what I would like it to be about, or my life will never represent anything real in the world, no matter how earnest my intentions. I must listen for the truths and values at the heart of my own identity, not the standards by which I must live, but the standards by which I cannot help but live if I am living my own life. Everyone has a life that is different from the eye of daily consciousness, he goes on to say. A life that is trying to live through the eye who is its vessel. There is a great gold between the way my ego wants to identify me with its protective masks and self-serving fictions and my true self. We have a strange conceit in our culture that simply because we have said something, we understand what it means. But often we do not, especially when we speak from a deeper place than intellect or ego. Speak the kind of words that arise when the inner teacher feels safe enough to tell its truth. He finishes with, We are like plants, full of tropisms that draw us towards certain experiences and repel us from others. If we can learn to read our own responses to our experience, a text we are writing unconsciously every day we spend on earth, we will receive the guidance we need to live more authentic lives. I talked about this listening in the last solo cast. I offered questions in the little book I made for you uh, that is available at daphnecone.com. And I talked about Boyd Varty and the Lion Tracker's Guide to Life and how he teaches us to listen. And I'll come back to this listening in future solo casts because it's big work, it's not easy, we're not trained for it, quite the opposite, it's a new learning for many of us. For me, it certainly has been. But this episode is about the fear that arises when we start to listen and continue then down this journey. I know this fear, I live with it every day, not as strong as it used to be, but strong enough that I still hold back, still edit, still rein things in, one of the fears that I have is that I get moved often, as you can hear in my voice, and I have, for some reason, a lot of shame around that. Like, I don't want to, 
I don't want to, what if I cry too often, too much? What will people think? And so I'm working on letting myself just be moved when I'm moved. But it's still scary. And then another thing, I saw it come up again just the other day. After 10 years of renting, we're now building a home. And I said to my husband, what if, as we design this home, we design it not so much as a typical home, but as a spiritual center for ourselves, as a way to proclaim and live our devotion. I said that in the morning, and an hour later, as I was sitting in the lumen, I had this pit in my stomach, pit of fear. And I was wondering, am I brave enough to turn my home into a space of devotion? Am I willing to go that deep with my devotion to make it so that the lines between personal and public are no longer blurred, but that there is no line, that there is no line? Am I brave enough to proclaim this devotion in this way? So as much as I know this is part of my, my true, part of my song, I found myself scared to embody it at this level. And I'm gentle with myself because I understand how normal this is, how our basic biological need is to belong so that we don't get kicked out of the tribe, that being kicked out of the tribe hundreds of years ago meant almost certain death and that knowing lives in our bones. Of course we want to be loved. Of course we want to belong. And yet, to sing one's own song means risking that means risking being rejected, being hurt, having people think things that we don't want them to think. And that's terrifying. Elizabeth Gilbert talked about that in Big Magic. She said, creativity is a path for the brave, but it is not a path for the fearless. Bravery means doing something scary. Trust me, she says, your fear will always show up especially when you're trying to be inventive or innovative. Your fear will always be triggered by your creativity because creativity asks you to enter into realms of uncertain outcome and fear hates uncertain outcome. Your fear, programmed by evolution to be hypervigilant and insanely overprotective, will always assume that any uncertain outcome is destined to end in a bloody, horrible death. She finishes with, this is all totally natural and human. It's absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. So this solo cast, it's not about how to manage fear or move beyond it. It's about acknowledging it. In Emerge, I guide women to uncover their own raw, wild, and holy through movement and writing. And I'm forever wanting to be braver in my own writing. And still I see the ways that I'm safe that I play it safe, that I play it smaller. So I hold this space because I need to stretch and grow, because this work is scary and I need accountability and soul sisters to help me face this fear and become braver in its presence. One of the reasons it's so scary is, as Elizabeth Gilbert said, because it's unknown, but also because it's vulnerable. Vulnerable means susceptible to physical or emotional harm capable of being physically or emotionally wounded, open to attack or damage. Can you imagine? I mean, no wonder we're so scared. It sounds terrible. 
we're making ourselves susceptible to physical or emotional harm, capable of being physically or emotionally wounded, open to attack or damage. There's nothing fun about that. And that is what happens when we begin to create our own life, break out of the auto-domestication that Don Miguel Ruiz writes about in The Four Agreements and that I spoke to in the last solo cast. When we start to sing our own song, because our song doesn't sound like anyone else's, it's so scary. And what is more vulnerable than showing how different, how unique we are from every other human? We have so many things in common, hopes, dreams, desires, feelings, and yet our voice does not sound like anybody else's. So we have to be vulnerable in the sharing of it. But I have to quote the queen of vulnerability herself, Brene Brown. She says, vulnerability is courage. It's about the willingness to show up and be seen in our lives. That is hard work. It is hard work. I just, can we just take a peek and acknowledge just how hard that is? and how beautiful it is. And Brene goes on to say, I could not find a single example of courage, moral courage, spiritual courage, leadership courage, relationship courage, that was not born completely of vulnerability. There's something incredibly brave and daring about showing up in your life. There is something incredibly contagious and powerful about it. And Brene finishes with, it makes the people around us a little bit braver and it makes us get very clear in the ideas and values that guide our lives. So we show up because we get braver in the showing up and we get clearer about what our life is asking of us. And yet, to show up is vulnerable. It is scary. And I want to say that if you're afraid, just know you're not alone, that almost every human I've ever met is afraid to show up in this way. We are all afraid. And we can know that as we stretch and reach, as we whisper and shout, that we're scared, that we're all scared. One thing that I say to myself when I'm scared is, I'm the one I go to sleep with. I'm the one I wake up with. No matter what anyone else thinks or says, I'm the one that I must live with. So it is to my soul that I must tend. It is to my life that I must listen. And I remind myself this to be brave so that I can be home in myself. Because more than anything, I want to be home in myself. I also remind myself that all of us have been auto-domesticated, all of us are scared, and that this is where my devotion to the beloved comes in. That this work is between me and the divine, me and the earth. That I will die and all of this will no longer be. And in the time that I'm here, I want to know that I'm faithful to my own self, my own song. To be faithful to one's own song is how the poet David White defines courage. He writes, and this is probably, I will just say, my favorite definition of courage that I've ever come across. 
Courage is the measure of our heartfelt participation with life. So just to go back, that's exactly what Parker Palmer is, what everyone's saying. Showing up, listening, this heartfelt participation with life. And then he says, to be courageous is not necessarily to go anywhere or do anything, except to make conscious those things we already feel deeply, and then to live through the unending vulnerabilities of those consequences. So again, he's speaking to what Brene Brown said, the unending vulnerability that if we are to show up for our life, if we are to make conscious the things that we feel, there will be no end to the vulnerability that we feel. And there are consequences. The consequences being the things we have to let go of, the things we have to let die in us, opinions we need to pay no more attention to, ways that we will shift and change that may make us really uncomfortable on the journey. There's so many things, and of course I don't know all the ones that David White is talking about, but the consequence of singing our own song is unending vulnerability. And then David White says this, to be courageous is to stay close to the way we are made. I love that. I love that his definition of of courage, of being courageous, is staying close to how we're being made, staying true. Being brave is listening to our life and living what we hear. So again, coming back to Parker Palmer, there is a great gold between the way my ego wants to identify me with its protective masks and self-serving fictions and my true self. When we begin to share in this way, be brave in this way, our inner teacher feels safe enough to tell its truth. This is what I come back to when I'm scared. If I tell my truth, if I sing my song, if I create my own life, then maybe it will inspire another to do the same. And the more each of us does this vulnerable, courageous work, the safer and happier I feel in this world to sing even louder and create even more. So I was going to share some of my own stories of learning to, starting to sing my own song, but I was so moved by what I heard from some of you that I knew I had to speak to the fear. So more of my own stories are coming soon. For now, if you're scared, take heart. We all are, and we do it anyway, because every time we do, we move one step closer to freedom, not just for ourselves, but for all of us. I'm going to close with this poem that I actually um, shared in Emerge this last week, uh, Maya Angelou's poem, Phenomenal Woman. This is a perfect example of what it looks like to sing our own song. Phenomenal Woman. Pretty women wonder where my secret lies. I'm not cute or built to suit a fashion model size. But when I start to tell them, they think I'm telling lies. I say, it's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman, phenomenally, phenomenal woman. That's me. I walk into a room just as cool as you please. And to a man, the fellows stand or fall down on their knees. Then they swarm around me, a hive of honeybees. 
I say, it's the fire in my eyes and the flash of my teeth, the swing in my waist and the joy in my feet. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Phenomenal woman, that's me. Men themselves have wondered what they see in me. They try so much, but they can't touch my inner mystery. When I try to show them, they say, they still can't see. I say, it's in the arch of my back, the sun of my smile, the ride of my breasts, the grace of my style. I'm a woman, phenomenally, phenomenal woman. That's me. Now you understand just why my head's not bowed. I don't shout or jump about or have to talk real loud. When you see me passing, it ought to make you proud. I say, it's in the click of my heels, the bend of my hair, the palm of my hand, the need for my care. Because I'm a woman, phenomenally, phenomenal woman. That's me. If this moved you or inspired you in some way, take time with it. Let the words settle in. And if you feel called to share this episode with someone else, please do. For all show notes and past episodes and to learn about all offerings, go to DaphneCone.com or WithinCommunity.com or IlluminHour.com. And if you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can do that over on iTunes or Spotify, and you can review it over at iTunes. If you'd like to be part of Illumin, come whenever it fits your schedule. We will be here making. And thank you for listening.